0: Yeah, but I think 110% fucking woke. Don't you have to check all the boxes?
1: No, that's at woke level. Extra woke is just like, they don't, whites don't even count. That's what it's fucking, that's what it like feels like, where it's just like, we don't want to hear white opinions. White opinions don't matter.
0: Jason, there is a loophole. If a white person... If
1: anybody can find a loophole, it's the white person. Go ahead, go ahead. A white
0: person who turns black... (laughs)
1: Right cuz if they identify as right, black, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Then they can't be excluded.
1: <laughs> no, but they should. They should. I got to be I'll be the first one to say. If a fucking white person uh, you know either does cosmetic surgery or 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 fucking identifies as black, no, they are, will most definitely be excluded from anything, from anything. <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, where we dive down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia to explore the sum of all human knowledge. I'm Kyle Burseth, dean of this fine institution, and as always, I'm joined by our summa cum laude, Jason Nunez.
1: Woo! College, college, college. Hell yeah, baby, I'm ready to learn. I love books, I love campus life, I love Greek life. That's why I signed up for Wiki University's 10-year program. Class is in session. Well, hey, Jason, how are you doing? Hey, Kyle, I'm back. School's in session, baby. I'm super sad spring break's over, as you know, since last week. Uh, But yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for another, for class to begin. I'm sorry if I was a little bit of a wild card on the last episode. I was coming from spring break, and uh, now I think I'm good. Now I'm ready to hit the books, hit the textbooks, and get to studying. I like spring
0: break, Jason.
1: Really? I thought I was getting a little out there. I was, I needed to be (laughs) tamed. No, your nips were a 10 hut. (laughs) That's right. Well, that's what I mean. See, I was a bit of a wild card that day. I was coming off a spring break and I still wanted to show my nibs, you know,
0: you know, when the weather starts getting nicer, you're you come back from spring break. But you're like, I'm in the home stretch of school here. I got a handful of tests and I'm going to relax.
1: That's my mentality. I'm just like, look, I got just a semester left. Uh, here at wiki not just one not for this year that is you know. for this year and then you know what i might do a little su- uh, summer school i'll do some summer summer university
0: yeah i'm gonna require you to do some summer school
1: <laughs> what it's grade book not looking real tight right now uh,
0: well you know as you know i went to penn state and penn state being a big yeah we all know kyle <sighs> it's not like a brag
1: yeah, no, it shouldn't be. There's terrible people came out of Penn State.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> what? What do you mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get the specifics.
0: Anyway, Penn State because it's such a big college, yeah. they've got a ton of branch campuses throughout Pennsylvania that are basically like commuter schools. Okay. You know, I was in a major that was bad notoriously bad at math and science. That's why I <laughs> enrolled in that major. Landscape architecture requires such little math and science.
1: Such a little schooling for your for your degree, like very little. Like it's just.
0: Yeah, we learned. I think we learned to color. It's one of the best landscape architecture programs in the country. Gotcha. At any rate, a lot of my friends took like the math and sciences over the summer at the branch campuses because it was like going to community college. And you get credit for the same class. It carries over to main campus. So maybe the gotcha. coursework will be a little easier in the summer, Jason. Hey,
1: let me ask. Does Penn State have any, um, what's it called, of those uh, smaller branch uh, collegiate areas that were outside of Pennsylvania? No, but they have an online university, too. Because oh, okay. you know how the... sometimes they have, like, you know, I, I imagine that they have, like, Penn State, uh, uh, in Georgia or, like, at Wilmington or some shit like that. You right.
0: Know? I guess it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't. I haven't heard about
1: yeah. it. Because one time I was just like, oh, I got a letter from, like, Ohio State. Like, oh, okay, cool. Ohio State and Florida. I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> wait, dude, did they have? Like, so I forget the exact... uh the exact state but go you feel free to play along uh, <laughs> but it really like it shocked me when it was just like wait 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 it's one state's university but it's located in a completely other state like it just confused me i was like oh i guess yeah they just they can just do ohio
0: that. state actually opened a campus on florida state's university campus yeah.
1: <laughs> well it makes me think of i'm doing for my job i have to look up uh, different places um, so we can shoot some b roll So I have to ask call the city and be like, Hey, do I need anything? Do I need a permit? Do I need anything?
0: Hey, stop
1: bragging. And, Jason. Oh, what? Did I have a job? Yeah. <laughs> that you're that you've gotta make calls. I gotta make calls to actual officials. I got an email from the chief of police of New Jersey. So I'm pretty pretty cool guy over here. He just wrote
0: me. back, Yeah, we kill black
1: people here. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: and boy. and you're like, I didn't ask that. I what? <laughs>
1: And so uh, right now, I'm noticing that a lot of cities, and I'm not used to it because they don't have too many of that here. I mean, they have cities, but the way their jurisdiction is a little weird to me because it's like, county then township. township then borough yeah then city and it's just like yo how many of these things so it's just like when you say uh ohio state university in the florida campus that's why i imagine where it's just like yeah they have a whole nother campus within the campus right
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: that has a totally different rules totally different uh leadership and stuff like that and i'm like oh okay but uh, let's see, where are we going with that? But yeah, no, aside from that, man, I'm good. I'm ready to hit the books. And uh, I'm excited about today's episode. You know, Let's do it, man. Color me excited. Well, so on
0: today's episode, just for the listeners, in ter- we've been playing around with formats here. We've been bouncing. Can I be
1: honest? The whole podcast is just for the listeners. So mm,
0: It's a little for you and me, too. <laughs>
1: no man it's for them man we do Jason
0: prior to the podcast I'd only talk to you like once every two months or so
1: yeah and we decided we need to really ramp up this friendship (laughs) we gotta
0: get this going Uh,
1: and then publish it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's actually secretly a podcast about friendship hell yeah all right so anyway for the listeners we've been playing around with different formats and I don't know if people it's not tough For people to follow along, but we've been bouncing as a continuous uh, run of topics through episodes. Now, this episode, we're going from a listener topic of Schadenfreude to my topic. We're going to move back to topics by you and me. And my topic today is the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. Also known as Cannonball Run.
1: The actual event, not the uh, movie, correct?
0: Not the movie. And I wanted to focus on the 70s because since then people have been doing it and, you know, it's, it's kind of gotten a little corporate.
1: Yeah, it's too mainstream now, yeah.
0: And this was when it was more fun and it was originally called the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash.
1: Nice. Yeah, this is when, like, people, like, died during during those and, like, didn't care. I don't know if people did die during those and didn't care, but... 100% guarantee you one person died through these. These, come on, <clears throat> these are, like, unsanctioned events. Like, there's no, like you're saying from the beginning, like, there's no, like, corporate thing, overhead. There's no people with insurance saying you gotta have this, you gotta have that. Right. Like, they're going balls-of-the-walls crazy, sticking crazy engines inside of these insane cars or trucks or whatever the hoot. Jason,
0: Jason, Jason, whoa, whoa. You clearly have a knowledge of this event, but some of the
1: listeners- I don't, actually. I don't. This is complete hearsay. I've only <laughs> heard of the movie, and I like uh, looked at the description, and then I saw that Burt Reynolds is in it, I think. Yeah, I um, think so. But then I said, Nah, I'm all right.
0: Well, I've never seen the movie either. Um, I've heard a little bit about the event and let's just start by reading a little bit so we know where we're going and then we'll get back to Schadenfreude a, a, that which was a listener's topic.
1: Real quick, before we start, did you would you like me to start the timer?
0: Yeah, start a timer. Put sixty minutes on the clock there. And we are All right. The Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash, widely known as Cannonball Baker or Cannonball Run, was an unofficial, unsanctioned automobile race five times in the 1970s from New York City and Darien, Connecticut, on the east coast of the United States, to the Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach, California.
1: Shit. So that's that's where we're going. That's, that's pretty awesome. It reminds me of... Uh, they have a 24-hour race, um, Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> um, so now we are on. We're on Schadenfreude.
1: Wonderful, that's uh, Robert Freud's uh, brother, correct? Uh, the famous German. The famous german psychologist. Oh no,
0: Jason, we covered this on the last top ta- on the last episode a little bit. I believe it's the word your girlfriend screams out during sex.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: Which you thought meant close the door.
1: Close the door, right, right. But it actually means go faster.
0: Nope, it doesn't mean that either. Shot enjoyed it. Okay, the... her
1: her german's a little wonky then.
0: Shot. Schaden... <laughs> Shot Schaden...
1: <laughs> Or mine I should say. My german is Well, and by my German, I mean her.
0: All right, let me let me let me get this out. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Literally translated, it means harm joy. Harm joy (laughs) sounds Japanese, not German. Harm Uh, joy—that's
1: what she calls me. I'm her little harm joy.
0: Schadenfreude is the experience of pleasure, joy, or self-satisfaction that comes from learning of or witnessing the troubles, failures, or humiliation of another. It's a complex emotion where rather than feeling sympathy, one takes pleasure from watching someone's misfortune. This emotion is displayed more in children than adults. However, adults also experience schadenfreude, although generally they conceal it. That sounds unhealthy to conceal it.
1: I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Do you remember that? (laughs)
0: Nick Cage. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Nick
0: Cage pulled it.
1: Hell yeah. Got to get him ready. Con Air. Uh, No. Uh, Close. The Rock.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I was getting... um, I mean, they came out very similar times, but I was getting... uh, Put the bunny down. (laughs) Confused with... I take pleasure in gutting you, boy.
1: <laughs> it's part of the trifecta. That and the. Do you remember the third movie that completes that trifecta?
0: Would it be Face Off? That is correct,
1: Kyle. Look at me. I'm, the student is testing the teacher now. I like it. Or quizzing.
0: Well, look at the teacher knowing everything.
1: Passes with flying colors. Great job, Kyle. I can't
0: do math or science, but you give me a Nick Cage 90s test? Ace in that shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Actually, I believe the 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 Rock, Con Air, and Face Off may have been what are known to white bones as boat movies. After her parents got a divorce, her dad became a boat dad in that he lived on a boat.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And
0: they only had room for so much stuff on the boat, so there was a certain amount of movies that could be on the boat. So some of those Nick Cage classics were boat movies.
1: Oh, those are Boat Dad movies for sure. Those were made specifically for Boat Dad. That and True Lies. True Lies was like probably like back then, it's probably like two VHSs. That was a long movie.
0: White Bones loves True Lies and
1: we watched it again recently. (laughs) Yes, does she? Oh my God, dude. And it holds up, man. Dude, we have to watch it all together when i get over there dude no no joke dude cameron's a beast man early cameron <laughs> early cameron <laughs> early jimmy cameron is money that's
0: mid jim camp no i mean
1: well okay pre titanic post term for me for me yeah post titanic is second half Cameron. Yeah, but he puts a
0: movie out like once every ten years. That's what I mean.
1: I haven't liked anything past Titanic. Right. I didn't like I did not like Avatar. No, me either. I think the technology was amazing, but it doesn't make the story good.
0: All right, let's uh we gotta we gotta get moving here. Let me give you a rundown. Just remember we're trying to get to Cannonball Baker Sea The Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash and um let me give you a rundown of schadenfreude yeah yeah we can talk about where the word comes from psychological causes do you want to go to the psychological causes
1: i think so that sounds interesting
0: here's the psychological causes researchers have found that there are three driving forces behind schadenfreude aggression rivalry and justice oh i love justice Self-esteem has a negative relationship with the frequency and intensity of schadenfreude experienced by an individual. Individuals with less self-esteem tend to experience schadenfreude more frequently and intensely. The reverse also holds true. Those with higher self-esteem experience schadenfreude less frequently and with less emotional intensity. Well, I kind of feel bad for those people with high self-esteem now that don't get to fully enjoy some schadenfreude.
1: That's what I'm thinking. And At the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm a little bit of a high self-esteem, but I enjoy uh, people's <laughs> misery sometimes. Maybe
0: deep down.
1: Maybe deep down. Maybe.
0: But remember, there are three things, behind three driving forces behind schadenfreude, aggression, Ooh. rivalry, and justice. Now... You know, you'd like to bro out, so that checks off aggression. Oh, for sure. I feel like aggression and rivalry go hand in hand a little bit.
1: I think so. I mean, I think you can't have rivalry without a little bit of aggression, right? I mean, what would make somebody a rival? Like, there's some sort of aggressiveness towards that person. Exactly.
0: And then, as far as justice go, I know you like gaming the system, but I also think... You do like seeing people get theirs.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, in the same way, I feel like gaining the system or being or one upping them, I feel is justice.
0: I think it's called gaming the system.
1: Is it gaming? Yeah. I don't know. I, I misheard you. But I, I do feel like gaming the system is justice. For, oh. I mean, for, for, the, for the common folk. You know what I mean? I mean, let's be honest who has all the power? Who has all the money? The companies, the corporate heads, the uh, conglomerates. Whites. Don't forget the whites. D- the whites, majority owned. Majority owned, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily
0: have to be your self-esteem or or uh, high self-esteem. It sounds like you're checking off all the boxes <laughs> and really winning out on all ends in terms of schadenfreude. I usually do. Okay, here are the three types broken down now. Aggression-based schadenfreude Primarily involves group identity. The joy of of observing the suffering of others comes from the observer's feelings that the other's failure represents an improvement or validation of their own group's status in relation to external groups. This is essentially schadenfreude based on group versus group status. Rivalry-based schadenfreude is individualistic and related to interpersonal competition. It arises from a desire to stand out from and outperform one's peers. This is schadenfreude based on another person's misfortune, eliciting pleasure because the observer now feels better about their personal identity and self-worth instead of their group identity. Then justice-based schadenfreude comes from seeing that behavior seen as immoral or bad is punished huh it is the pleasure associated with seeing a bad a quote unquote bad person being harmed or receiving retribution schadenfreude is experienced here because it makes people feel that fairness has been restored for a previously unpunished wrong. <laughs> what are you laughing about?
1: Because <clears throat> I can think of the stuff that I've thought of or have done, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that for sure fits into, like... Hit me with one. Uh, I I ran... This is probably recent. I recently, like, logged into my Facebook after, like, a while. Like, I just haven't been on it. I haven't downloaded on my phone. Yeah. And I have all these, like, notifications and stuff. So, you know, once you get in that, then you get a little bit of the wormhole. And then I just... Uh, I ran into uh somebody who I used to see and mm. turns out it's been many a years and I look many a ways much better than that person ah so to me it was you know it was a a, a relationship that I wanted and that other person didn't reciprocate and now now like it's pe- it's petty it's petty shit but it's not like I was like that was never in my head i'm just like that's not the reason why i try to be healthy is to one up past people yeah you're not michael jordan yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean i want to be so maybe uh i'm michael b jordan is what i'm trying to be if anything (laughs) um but uh but yeah but at the same time i definitely like there was this sense of satisfaction that this person and and again it's all physical For, for for all i know That person is happier than I currently am. Let's assume not. That's exactly why I assumed. (laughs) I didn't assume anything otherwise than that. And so, just looking, you know, physical, it was both boy, did I dodge a bullet and boy, did she miss out. Ah, all right. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a great, fun, rivalry based shot in Troy. It's
1: kind of hard to judge, too, because everyone, I mean, COVID just happened. It's been a whole. year. Like who knows how many people.
0: Oh, COVID hit her real hard. Looks like COVID hit her three times
1: it feels like. <laughs> oh, boy, you really dug through the timeline. It feels like she was a prime candidate for COVID. It feels like COVID wanted exact she had exactly what COVID <laughs> wanted.
0: <laughs> Underlying health conditions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was just uh it was funny cuz I was um I definitely had this little sense of satisfaction. It was
0: there's... funny because as I kept scrolling, I found out she got COVID and died.
1: Hey, the world is fair. I got the Johnson vaccine. Who knows? I might die of a blood clot tomorrow. So no, I got you got
0: the Johnson Vax.
1: Uh, yeah, I got two of them just to be safe. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I also got the Johnson Vax. This This podcast might be done for. <laughs>
1: Don't get any crazy ideas, Kurt. You're not just getting this podcast. And both of us die. Although I gotta be honest, maybe we just put that in writing. If we, if by chance we both die on the same day from the same disease, from the same vaccine, then I guess we can be we can bequeath it to him.
0: Ah, let's not go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how bad these clots are. Yeah. All right. Let's move on here. Here are related emotions or concepts. Pleasure at another's happiness is described by the Buddhist concept of mudita. So the Buddhists have a concept of being happy for someone else's happiness. Can you imagine <laughs> that, Jason? Never. And then displeasure at another's good fortune is gluckschmers, a pseudo-German word coined in 1985 as a joke by the Synod... Pseudonymous, uh, a word wanda Tanaski. the correct german word would be gluckschmers it has been used in academic context wow so it started as a joke word in 1985 and now it's in books <laughs> gluckschmers
1: i hate talking about stand-up and comedy on podcasts yeah but i think something that took that away for or the, the, what, is it, what is it called again? Glucksmers. Gluchmer, like I definitely had that in the very beginning, as I think a lot of-
0: Stand-ups do. Yeah,
1: a lot of stand-ups. And anybody in the entertainment business, I feel like, have immediately because of how there is no, you know, with a job, there's upward mobility and you see it. This is like, these are the steps. Right. But with comedy and like the entertainment business, there is no- perfect step like things just happened a lot of people circumvent a lot of things it's about who you know so it's very easy to fall in that trap of just being like resentful of displeasure at their good fortune exactly resentful at their success and stuff like that
0: yeah i've experienced some gluck and i do take a moment though like in the world of entertainment where i'm like that person got that thing then i'll take a moment and i'm like Oh yeah, they're perfect for that. I should never, I would never want to be in that role, or should be cast for that type of role. Right. And and you know, I quickly shoved down my glukschmers. Yeah,
1: yeah, I ate, I eat my glukschmers uh, right away, and just because you know you have to tell yourself that, like they they didn't take anything away from you.
0: Oh, here's a good. One that maybe people can relate to. A 2011 study by Sikara and colleagues. Oh, you know, Sikara and associates. Mm-hmm. Using functional magnetic resonance imaging, FMR. FMR. Thank you. Examined schadenfreude among Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees fans and found that fans showed increased activation in brain areas correlated with self-reported pleasure, When observing the rival team experience a negative outcome, for example, a strikeout. So they're (laughs) they're watching Aaron Judge strike out and they're like, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) He got him, kid. I got to change my pants. (laughs) By contrast, fans exhibited increased activation in the interior, some part of your brain, when viewing their own team experience a negative outcome.
1: Hey, so real quick, you mentioned the New York Yankees. I mean, is there a, is there a oh. link to them? Are you Because you mentioned the cannonball thing is, starts in New York.
0: Starts in New York. I know. I don't want to get to it that way.
1: That'll be tough. That'll be tough. But
0: We've been to the Yankees before, too, Jason. Probably.
1: Uh, but, Let's... but I'm not... Uh, I mean, I, we shouldn't shy away too fast from Germany because... Germany is a well-known car manufacturer.
0: Yes, hold on. Uh, let me add to that. Okay. I know you want to start talking about German cars, I'm, but let me talk my about engines your favorite. are let, let me talk about your favorite German car, the Mercedes. I know a lot of the new Cannonball Run records have been made by
1: Mercedes. Ooh, okay, there you go.
0: But I'm looking at some other things here, Jason. Now we could go to. I see the Bob Dylan 1965 song like a Rolling Stone is an expression of Schadenfreude in popular culture. We could go to Bob Dylan. I know he lived in New York for a little while.
1: Hey man, big big fan. Big fan. So
0: we, you know, we could take that angle. He's also lived in California, so we could get to Redondo Beach maybe. Oh, others include so um sorry, I'm bumbling over my words here, but no, no, please. Bumble away. There's also variants of Schadenfreude. Others include Spitzenfreude, coined by The Economist to refer to the fall of Elliot Spitzer, and Schadenford, coined by Toronto Life in regard to Canadian politician Rob Ford. So, Elliot Spitzer was a New York politician who was transporting prostitutes across state lines in a car. Oh, not in the trunk? Probably in the trunk sometimes.
1: I like how Schadenfreude and COVID have different variants.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we all love those new COVID variants. All right, so do you just want me to pick something?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and do it.
0: I am picking... I'm going to like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone is a song by American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan released on July 20, 1965 by Columbia Records. Its confrontational lyrics originated in the extended piece of verse Dylan wrote in June 1965 when he returned exhausted from a grueling tour of England. Dylan distilled his draft into four verses and a chorus. Like a Rolling Stone was recorded a few weeks later as part of the sessions for the forthcoming album Highway sixty one Revisited. Okay, let's see if we can. Ooh,
1: ah. ooh, ah. Are you getting shot in right now? What are you I mean... looking at? <laughs> yeah, you're just... looking. You're sounding like you're getting some sweet old pleasure. Sounds like you were shooting your shot in Freud.
0: I'm watching some Los Angeles Dodgers strike out <laughs> some Astros, some Houston Astros.
1: ah. is this a recent is this a recent or
0: no. All right. So <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, the recording sessions were produced by Tom Wilson on June 15th to 16th, 1965 in Studio A of Columbia Records, 799 7th Avenue in New York City. This would be the last song Wilson would produce for Dylan in addition. Boy, good last song to produce for him. In addition to Bloomfield, the musicians enlisted were some dude on piano, blah, blah, blah. I'm scrolling down a little further because I think we could get to New York City in an interesting way. This is under the section of like a Rolling Stone uh, under Themes commentators attempted to tie char- tie the characters in the song to specific people in Dylan's personal life in 1965 in his book Popism, The Warhol 60s Andy Warhol recalled that some people in his circle believed that Like a Rolling Stone contained hostile references to him he was told quote unquote listen to Like a Rolling Stone I think you're the diplomat on the chrome horse man
1: he used to ride on a chrome with your diplomat.
0: The reason behind Dylan's alleged hostility to Warhol was supposedly Warhol's treatment of the actress and model Edie Sedgwick. It has been suggested that Sedgwick is the basis of the Miss Lonely character. <laughs> <laughs> Sedgwick was briefly involved with Dylan in late 1965 and early 1966, around which time there was some discussion of the two making a movie together. According to Warhol's collaborator, Paul Morrissey, wow, we're really diving deep into the 1960s gossip of New York City here. Yeah, for sure. Sedgwick may have been in love with Dylan and was shocked when she found out that Dylan had secretly married Sarah Lowens, Delaware native, in, 19, in November 1965. All right, so I went to Edie Sedgwick because I know she's, like, in that 1965 New York art scene. Edie Minturn Sedgwick Post, also known as Edie Sedgwick, was an American actress and fashion model. She is best known for being one of Andy Warhol's superstars. Sedgwick became known as quote unquote the girl of the year in 1965 after starring in several of Warhol's short films in the 1960s. She was dubbed a quote unquote it girl, while Vogue magazine also named her a youth Quaker. What is a youth Quaker? I I assume it.
1: A Quaker that's young, like a millennial Quaker? Mm, Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Youth- I'm
1: thinking millennials are young still, so it's more like a Gen Z Quaker, I guess I should say, right?
0: They're very religious, but they're young and hip. <laughs> yeah. A youth quake was a 1960s cultural movement, the term coined by Vogue magazine's editor-in-chief Diana Vreeland in 1965. Youth quake involved music, pop culture, and changed the landscape of the fashion industry. The movement is characterized by looking to youth culture for a source of inspiration, taking dominance away from the English and Parisian couture houses. Okay. Well, should we just stay in Youthquake and keep going down and bounce, try to get to see the Shining Sea, or should we go back to Edie Sedgwick?
1: Um, I wouldn't mind going back to Edie uh, Sedgwick. Is she... Related to uh, Karen, what's Kira? her name? Karen Karen Sedgwick?
0: S- Kevin Bacon's wife? Kira, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. All right, so Edie Sedgwick was born in Santa Barbara, California. Ooh, we're on the coast. Oh, is that right? But a little far from Redondo Beach, the seventh of eight children. That's too many children and uh, blah, blah, blah. She was born into wealth and high social status. Sedgwick's early life was troubled despite this. The Sedgwick children were raised on the family's California ranches. Plural. Oh, gosh. It's been so tough bouncing from ranch to ranch. Yeah, I know, right? I've had to transport my horses, (laughs) and so my dad just bought me new horses for every ranch. It's been tough. I'm going to become a model.
1: And on the way, we bought ranches on the way to our new ranch, and that's how (laughs) we accumulated so many ranches. Let's
0: not stop at a hotel. Let's just buy a new ranch. (laughs) Well, initially, schooled at home and cared for by nannies, their lives were rigidly controlled by their parents, who just kept buying them ranches. They were largely isolated from the outside world, and it was instilled into them that they were superior to most of their peers. This sounds like a healthy way to raise children. Yeah, for real. (laughs) It was within these familial and social conditions that Sedgwick, by... Uh, Her early teens developed an eating disorder, settling into an early pattern of binging and purging. Well, you got to get that ice cream out of you somehow, you know? (laughs) Yeah. At the age of 13, Sedgwick began boarding school at the Branson School near San Francisco. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get back. Let's get down to Andy Warhol. Wait, what did her parents do? Long established in Massachusetts history, her seventh great-grandfather, English-born Robert Sedgwick, was the first major general of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, uh, settling in Charleston, Massachusetts in 1635. Holy jeez. I got to binge and purge these words out of my mouth.
1: Um, Old school. They're they're OGs.
0: OGs. Her great, great,
1: great, great—well, not the not not the original original OGs, but
0: yeah, the evil OGs.
1: Yeah, the evil OGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the evil OGs. And then what's the other? What's the other OGs? Brown, brown face OGs.
0: Okay, I, I, what? what? <laughs> Who's the brown face OGs?
1: And the Native Americans.
0: I'm not calling Native Americans your words.
1: Oh, what? Well, what would you call them? Red Native face Americans. OGs? Oh.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not applying faces to anyone here.
1: All right, so I... Scr- but, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Real quick, though. There is nothing wrong with calling Native Americans the brown-faced OGs. They are literally brown, and and so am I. Like, so are the Native Americans in South America.
0: Hey, if They're you, you want to die on this sword, it's all you, man. But I'm not. I I don't know what's allowed to be called and what's not. Anything's what's, allowed to be called anything. No,
1: no, nothing matters. No, you're right not now. tricking
0: me into saying words that I don't want to say. <laughs> nice try, Jason.
1: What do you? What do we care? We got the Johnson vaccine. We're about to die. We can say whatever I'm we want. Clapping
0: up over here. <laughs> All right, um, so I scrolled down to the factory, which was andy warhol's mm-hmm. like um you know art scene on her twentieth birthday in april nineteen sixty four Sedgwick received an eighty thousand dollar trust fund from her maternal grandfather soon after. Grandmother, sorry. Soon after, she relocated to New York City to pursue a career in modeling. In March 1965, she met artist and avant-garde filmmaker Andy Warhol at a party at Lester Persky's apartment and began frequently visiting the factory, Warhol's art studio in Midtown Manhattan. During one of her subsequent visits, Warhol was filming Vinyl, his interpretation of Anthony Burgess's novel A Clockwork Orange ha huh, he should have just called it
1: a clockwork orange i wonder why they called his filmmaking avant-garde but not his art i feel like both i felt like anything this guy did was pretty avant-garde uh, that's a good question we could go to andy
0: warhol i think is i think nah. avant-garde filmmaking is considered uh artsy and not entertaining and lacks a storyline I don't know why they considered his art to be pop art.
1: Why they considered it? Because,
0: or why because it was he called
1: took pop art? Literal, literal popular culture. Or if anything, he made popular culture out of these things that he that that he painted. For instance, the Campbell soup, right? Like Campbell soup. You know, yeah. I would say helped Campbell soup more than it helped. Um. What's his name? <laughs> I, like, forgot his Andy,
0: name. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, Warhol. yeah. yeah I'm not
1: a huge fan, but I have been watching these cool YouTube videos called um, Art Explained. Yeah. And uh, it does give me more, it just shows me more of an appreciation of, like, why they stand out and why it's so. Um, right. I think it was something new,
0: and it was the first person that mass-produced art.
1: Yes, yes, correct. Like
0: popular culture. Correct, yes. And maybe that's why it was called pop art. I believe, but so. it also depicted a lot of uh, pop Things culture from pop,
1: stuff. Pop culture, yeah, exactly.
0: Anyway, let's go down to her death here. What? How'd she die? I know she died tragically.
1: Car accident during the Cannonball Run race. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> dude, you know the. Speaking of famous car accidents with hot people, the Princess Diana. Uh, well, not bad, but <laughs> I mean, terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Good but dad. yeah, but she
1: was beautiful, man. Even even as a kid, I knew like, whoa, that is a beautiful. That's a, la- that's a beautiful that's a lady,
0: babe of a princess.
1: Yeah, short hair and all, and I didn't even think I was in, I, I wasn't into short hair.
0: Uh, well, I was like, oh, whoa, she's a boss.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, anyway, I was talking about another tragic car accident. The lead actress on. Law and Order SVU. Her mom was like a famous actress, and got beheaded by like a semi truck. uh
1: Misha's mom?
0: Yeah, Misha's mom was Whoa. a famous actress. They have different last names. Because, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Jeez, pretty famous terrible. babe of an actress. Well, that's for another Wiki U article, or people yeah, can yeah, research I dig that into on that. their own.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
0: Maybe wow. we got to do a bonus app on that. Ooh. The, S- the SVU files, yeah. Let's see. During this time, she reportedly stopped using alcohol and other drugs for a short time. Her sobriety lasted until October 1971 when she was prescribed pain medication to treat physical illness. Mm. She soon began abusing barbiturates and alcohol. On the night of November 15, 1971, Cedric went to a fashion show at the Santa Barbara Museum that included a segment filmed for the television show An American Family. After the fashion show, she attended a party where she drank alcohol. She then phoned her husband to pick her up. On the way home, Sedgwick expressed thoughts of uncertainty about their marriage. Before they both fell asleep, Post gave Sedgwick the medication that had been prescribed to her. According to Post, Sedgwick started to fall asleep very quickly and her breathing was quote-unquote bad. It sounded like there was a big hole in her lungs. But he attributed it to her heavy smoking habit and went to sleep. When post-awoke the following morning at 7.30 a.m. I think he said when
1: post-woke, like post-woke. Like uh, (laughs) if we live in a post-woke world.
0: Is post-woke just racist? No, I don't think so. Like after wokeness? Or is it extra wokeness?
1: Like what's the post-woke? Extra wokeness would just be racism. It's, oh, it's, it's boy. this is circle. very
0: confusing. Jumping into your brain, but here because, we go. Okay,
1: yeah, let's do it a little bit. Okay, let's see. Wokeness is what? Wokeness is, let's say, a woke, um, comedy show.
0: Yeah, that's it's a great example. Yeah.
1: All right, so full woke comedy show. There's what zero white? No people one laughing. On it, right? <laughs> Correct. Is there zero zero white people? Right?
0: No, I think you have to have a white woman.
1: I don't think you have to. If you're going full woke, full, I'm talking a hundred and ten percent fucking woke.
0: I, yeah, but I think a hundred and ten percent fucking woke. Don't you have to check all the boxes? So you got to have a. You got no, to have that's at
1: woke level. Extra woke is just like they don't whites don't even count. That's what okay. it's fucking. That's what it like feels like where it's just like. We don't want to hear white opinions. White opinions don't matter.
0: Jason, there is a loophole. If a white person who...
1: If anybody can find a loophole, it's the white person. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. A yeah. white
0: person who who is <laughs> <it> turned black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, cuz if they identify as black, right?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Then they can't be excluded.
1: <laughs> no, but they should. They should. I got to be I'll be the first one to say if a fucking white person uh you know either does cosmetic surgery or 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 fucking identifies as black no they are, will most definitely be excluded <laughs> from anything from anything not from woke you know not just from this woke show or this anti-woke show but uh, but yeah no that's so that's that's where my head's at where it's like it's so woke it excludes people if it was up to exactly if it was up to woke people It wouldn't just be like – like, for instance, what's that college thing where, like –
0: Ohio State University at Florida (laughs) State?
1: No, like, what's that thing that Penn State does when, like, if they have uh, two qualified candidates but one's black and one's white? Equal
0: opportunity? No,
1: that's, that's definitely not equal opportunity because I just said both people qualify exactly except one's black and one's white. Yeah, but that
0: does relate to equal opportunity. It
1: does, but at the same time, if you're uh, there's a word for I know it. what I, you're I, saying. I totally I forgot. It's just saying. like they're going to go for the black person or the brown person or the non white person just because the other person's white. That to me is not fair. And I say that because I think of myself better than a lot of white people. So that's what I'm saying. I got the same qualifications. You're picking me because of my qualifications.
0: Oh, there's that high self esteem, Jason. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Jason's got the high self esteem of a white. <laughs>
1: yeah see and that's hey your words not mine so i probably wouldn't even be invited to this woke comedy show if i came in with such not a such chance. self-esteem yeah
0: <laughs> not a chance not a chance <laughs> well that's the post woke post woke world anyway when post awoke <laughs> the following morning cedric was black and dead uh <laughs> <laughs> The coroner ruled her death undetermined accidental suicide, or there's a lot of slashes, undetermined slash accident slash suicide. Her death certificate states the immediate causes were, quote unquote, probable ac- acute barbiturate intoxication due to ethanol intoxication. Her when you alcohol said level- slash...
1: Uh, suicide. I just thought like she stabbed herself because you said slash.
0: Ah, slash suicide. It's like, not... right, this is I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna call it guys. This seems to be a slash suicide.
0: Okay, this is kind of she was not buried in her family's this is the word, Sedgwick Pie Cemetery. So all these dead Sedgwicks are making a Sedgwick Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think they, they they're missing a letter. It's probably a Sedgwick pile. <laughs>
0: cemetery plot in the small Oak Hill Cemetery in Ballard, California. Blah blah blah. Okay, we got to move on here, man. We're getting We got to get to some cars. Hey, let's do it. I see like Warren Beatty here. This is a little strange. And what's Warren up, Beatty, up? you know, I feel like he was a contemporary with Burt Reynolds, right? Maybe he was a little older, I, but...
1: No, I I think you're just
0: about right. I think I so. I bet they dated some of the same people. So Warren Beatty I bet
1: they, the... I bet both of them fucked each other. I mean, yeah, no Yeah, they joke. definitely
0: touched dicks.
1: I mean, most definitely.
0: At some point. All right, so we should go to Warren Beatty, I think. Uh, Warren Beatty bought the rights to Sedgwick's life story in the 1980s and was planning to make a movie initially with Molly Ringwald. Al Pacino was tapped to play Andy Warhol. In the life story of Edie Sedgwick.
1: Look at all my soup! (laughs) What am I going to do with all these cans? (laughs) Are we making a film here?
0: It feels like there's no plot line. (laughs) Who gave me this terrible bowl cut? (laughs) I'm an artist! Alright, so anyway, I'm going to Warren Beatty.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're you're on the money when it comes to like that, that uh, that time, that generation.
0: Warren Beatty is an American actor, director, producer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He has been nominated for 15 Academy Awards, including for Best Actor, four for Best Picture, two for Best Director, three for Original Screenplay. Uh, He won Best Director for Reds in 1981 All right, I'm going down to 1970s and 80s, because I feel like that is Burt Reynolds' prime time. Uh, So this is the 1970s and 80s. After Bonnie and Clyde, Beatty acted with Elizabeth Taylor in The Only Game in Town, directed by some dude. In 1972, Beatty produced a series of benefit concerts to help with publicity and fundraising In the George McGovern nineteen seventy two presidential campaign, I guess that was not a success because I ain't never heard of President George McGovern. Ain't never heard of no Pres McGovern. (laughs) That that one should have been. Y'all heard of Pres McGovern? Yeah, (laughs) it's in the name. Let's see, relatives. Shirley McLean is his sister. What? Who's Shirley McLean? Shirley McLean is an older actress. Old. She's probably ninety now. Or but she's like, also, she's kind of kooky in terms of like, she's a, kind of a psychic or acts like a psychic.
1: Like Miss Cleo. Uh,
0: yeah, but more famous. Yeah. Uh,
1: more famous than Miss Cleo? I've heard of Miss Cleo. I haven't heard of this broad.
0: Uh, come on. You've heard of Shirley MacLaine? No?
1: No, I've heard of John McLean. I've heard of Shirley Temple, <laughs> but none of none of those mix match.
0: They don't mix match
1: they don't no no mashup, no human mashup,
0: <laughs> all right, well, maybe we can ah boy, who was in reds we we kind of gotta play uh jump from actor to actor here to get to oh, what if we go to personal life, oh my God, can I just say, Jason, I yeah. went down to personal life, yeah. Beatty has been married to actress Annette Benning since 1992. And then there's a section just for Warren Beatty called Before Marriage. Then it says Prior to marrying Benning, Beatty was notorious for his large number of romantic relationships that received generous media coverage, yeah. having been linked to over 100 female celebrities. The following women reportedly dated. Beatty. and there's just a four-column list of women.
1: Yeah, dude, on here. nuts. Yeah, no, that's nuts. all. I, all I knew about him was like he was like a playboy back in the day.
0: Playboy. Well, yeah. I think Burt Reynolds was too.
1: Now, oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, he got that. Everyone mustache? got a, everyone got a mustache right on his. Hell yeah! But you know, I mean, you think and and these are the the linked the ones that like famous. Yeah, people. these are just celebrities that he has. Um, been with Um, right we're not not even talking about cocktail
0: waitress that wanted to be a celebrity exactly
1: right right we're not even talking about the diner waitress you know the old average josephines
0: yeah wow all right so well we gotta find someone that they shared
1: well not only that i think we'll have a better chance of doing the actor game we can most most definitely
0: yeah, we Most got a definitely. seven degrees of Kevin Bacon this. I think so. And we got to start moving here. So should I... Maybe I'll click on a movie in the 70s. Have you heard of Heaven Can Wait?
1: I've never seen it.
0: All right, Heaven Can Wait, 1978, blah, 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 stars Buck Henry and Warren Beatty. Um, and, mm, you know, Charlie we can... Whoa, we, Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin was in... Midnight Run that's almost sounds like Cannonball Run.
1: Right. <laughs> Midnight Run I believe that is De Niro. Ah and... uh, yeah, that's
0: De Niro. And what about Barbara Streisand? Did Burt Rent I feel like Barbara Streisand and Burt Reynolds hooked up. And I see she's one of the names on here as someone who Yo, <laughs> Warren Beatty hooked up with Connie Chung. He was.
1: Nice, he was. He went international and, with it.
0: Wait, Jane Fonda. Who was Jane Fonda? Uh, I'm going to Barbara Streisand. I think she hooked up with Burt Reynolds.
1: Let's not be too tied up with that era. We can easily, like, we're in movies. We can easily go up to like this era or like the past couple of decades and find a Burt Reynolds movie for sure.
0: That's true. I know he was in the Longest Yard. He was in
1: Dukes of Hazard. Oh, he was in the movie Drive. Driven, oh, yeah. driven, not drive, driven. Driven. The Stallone. <laughs> so we jump. can find Stallone. Let's find Stallone.
0: Yeah, but what? What? Well, make the connection out loud, Jason. All right. So, so right. Stallone. We're on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Slow yeah. your roll a little bit. Who? Okay. how's Stallone connect to Burt Reynolds?
1: Stallone was in a movie called Driven with Burt Reynolds. I literally just said that. Okay. So the movie. And driven, how are we getting
0: to Stallone?
1: Uh, he's been making movies since the 1970s.
0: Yeah, but I don't want to click around guessing, Jason. All right, so let's let's talk this out. I we I know we can do this. All right, so Warren Beatty. Was, Warren Beatty
1: Academy wait, Award let me, Academy let me, Award Rocky let me for Rocky One. I already did it for you. Warren Beatty <laughs> Academy Award. There's a hundred percent chance he has won an Academy Award or has been nominated for the movie Reds. I read that. You go to Academy Award, and then go to the winners, 1971, I believe. Rocky, the very first one. All right. Am I correct on right, 1971? Just, it was either 1971
0: 1970. No, I think it was uh, 1974. Okay. I went to original screenplay because I'm pretty sure that's what Rocky won it for, for sure. I think he
1: also won Best Picture. I, I believe so as okay, well, yeah. yeah. Um, I just don't like it when people don't give the respect that Rocky needs and or Sylvester Stallone.
0: All right, so, oh, 1976 is when Rocky was nominated. It did not win for Best Original Screenplay, but it says Rocky and Sylvester Stallone was nominated. I clicked on Sylvester Stallone.
1: Perfect.
0: Now I got to find the movie Driven?
1: Driven, 2001. (laughs) 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 What are you laughing at?
0: (laughs) Okay, well, let me just read you the the subcontents for sylvester stallone declining years 2000 to 2005 so let's go to driven that's if i can find
1: there's a there's a section in wiki that says declining
0: is declining years but then i bet there i bet it's a comeback somewhere in there um all right in 2000 stallone starred in the thriller get carter a remake of the 1971 british film of the same name Uh, Oh, here we go. Driven, Jason. Stallone's career declined considerably after his subsequent films Driven in 2001 and Avenging Angelo and Detox were also critical and commercial failures. I've never even heard of Avenging Angelo. I've never heard of
1: Avenging Angelo, but uh, I remember going to the movie theater to go watch Driven.
0: All right, I remember Driven too. I don't remember Burt Reynolds, Whoa, there's but there's a I... Driven too <laughs> It's on Blu-ray only, straight to Blu-ray. <laughs> Hell yeah. Driven is a 2001 American action sports film directed by Rennie Harlan and starring Sylvester Stallone, who also wrote and produced. It centers on a young racing driver's effort to win the Kart FedEx Championship Series Auto Racing Championship. Yep. I see Burt Reynolds here, baby. You oh, got I,
1: it. I, I could have told you that, which I did. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, all right, well, our alarm just went off, but let's go. All up. right,
0: well, we got it. I guess I guess that's it. Bye. Uh, well, I see. All right, I clicked on Burt Reynolds. Let's just plow ahead Of here. course. Uh, Burton Leon Reynolds Jr. was an American actor, director, and producer of film and television, considered a sex symbol and icon of American popular culture. Reynolds first rose to prominence when he banged Warren Beatty? What?
1: Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Or he at least had a sword fight with him. You know that's fact.
0: I do want to know if they shared someone, but that's a story for another day. I don't know if you can hear the train sounding the alarm here that the podcast is over. That's
1: That's for a bonus episode, baby.
0: All right, so I see Cannonball Run in 1981. I was in the wrong decade for Warren Beatty. Cannonball Run was 81, not the 70s. Ah. All right. The Cannonball Run is a 1981 action comedy film. It was directed by Hal Needham, produced by Hong Kong's Golden Harvest Films, and distributed by 20th Century Fox. Uh, features an all-star supporting cast. We should watch this, Jason. Yeah including Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Roger Moore, Farrah Fawcett, Jackie Chan, and Dean Martin. I didn't even know Jackie Chan was in the U.S. back then doing movies. I thought he just appeared out of nowhere in Rumble in the Bronx.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he went. Yeah, I thought he was just in New York and stayed in New York. I I didn't know he went all the way to the West Coast.
0: Yeah, I guess he drove there. Uh, the film is based on the 1979 running of an actual cross-country outlaw road race in the United States, beginning in Connecticut and ending in California. So I'm clicking on the link, actual cross-country outlaw road race.
1: Great, and I'm guessing that redirects.
0: And it took me to Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash.
1: Oh, yeah. You should be saluting to me, baby. That's That was all in here. You know it.
0: I feel like, uh, as your professor, I pushed you to really work a little harder, Jason.
1: I feel like all my movie knowledge bullshit really comes in handy in this game.
0: It sure does. All right, Jason, so we made it to Cannonball Baker See the Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. It's now your chance, your time to shine. Show off those reading skills, baby.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, You know me, man. I'm 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 more of a lover than a reader. But uh, I'll give it I'll give it a try. Let's see. The (laughs) Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash, widely known as the Cannonball Baker or just the Cannonball Run, was an unofficial, unsanctioned automobile race run five times in the 1970s from New York to Darien, Connecticut, on the east coast of the United States to the Portofino Inn.
0: Jason, uh, this also makes me think, you know, you're planning on moving to L.A., which is right by Redondo Beach. You're not too far from New York City. Should I come help you move via Cannonball Run? Why
1: not? Is Lizard going to be down to do a moving truck Cannonball Run? Yeah, I mean, Lizard's taking her car and I'm taking mine and we're racing. Let's race White Bones and Lizard across the country. (laughs) Let's set up a WikiU cannonball run. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think people will make it. I mean, I might just do that now that I think about it. I am coming from the East Coast, and that's a straight shot straight to the West Coast, if if I know my way around. I'm pretty good with geography.
0: (laughs) East to West? Yeah. Yeah. Don't drive into the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this took a wrong turn.
1: (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, this, this has gotten me motivated. You know, if, if everyone's doing some sort of un- unsanctioned race, why, why can't I, what's to stop me from doing what other white people have done in the past?
0: I think the, the color of your skin. Go on. You know, I could see white people in the past getting pulled over by a cop and them saying, Hey, uh, yeah, we're in the middle of this cannonball run deal. You know <laughs> how white people are and then you get pulled over and they're like let me see your papers
1: yeah exactly right and then all i got to show them is my uh vaccination card
0: do you accept vaccination cards (laughs) yeah
1: and they're like johnson johnson yeah i mean you're lucky to be alive yeah go ahead
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'm i'm optimistic for you (laughs)
1: thanks (laughs) i am too man i'm excited about this trip
0: all right, well, hey, that does it. We got from Schadenfreude to Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. Just, uh, you know, we went over the timer a little bit, unfortunately. But, hey, I feel like there was some uh, some good meat on the bone in there.
1: I think we did and- a great job. Hell, yeah. We did it once again. Not surprised that I had to come in and do a lot of the heavy lifting, but that's okay. Um, yeah what a great show i can't wait for next class uh guys please uh check me out on instagram or twitter at noonie it's my new or no no it's at laftinas
0: (laughs) jesus christ jason just pick a handle
1: no because people are after me and now that i i know for a fact people are going to be on my i don't want people knowing my real name i kind of no one's
0: after you you're everyone (laughs) is after me my friend no
1: one is after you everyone is after me zero people so, guys, please uh, follow me at Laftinas on Instagram and on Twitter at Laftinas. And, uh, yeah, slip in my DM. Throw me a topic. I'll throw it to WikiU.
0: No, Jason, people should follow us at Wiki University and slide into those DMs.
1: Okay, sure, that too.
0: Yeah, and then send us a topic there and follow me on Instagram at Kyle Berseth and listen to my other podcast with White Bones, the Romer's Book Club. And that's it. That's the show. Awesome! Oh, and rate and review this goddamn podcast, and uh, please share it with your friends.
1: Rate and review the podcast, and DM us either the Wikiu account, especially the Wikiu account, but feel free to DM us any rate and review, and we'll give you a shout-out, and hey, maybe even a prize. And DM
0: Jason your clot picks.
1: Yeah, if you also got the Johnson & Johnson Vax, and you want to... Commiserate together, then uh, yeah, slip in my DM. And, you know, it'll probably be the last person you DM because we're going to die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it. Bye. Bye.
1: Milky and beans.